in podcast or service by phone. We thank all that make these services happen. We wish to remind you that our in-person services are live streamed on our YouTube channel, Virtual Trinity UCW Summerside. My name is Nancy Small and I'm the chair of Trinity's worship team. Reverend Rachel is on study leave and we'll be back with us next week. So be prepared because we're gonna have a whole month of birthdays to celebrate. This service was prepared by Reverend Bob Lockard. Unfortunately, Reverend Bob's aunt passed away and he is with his family. We ask that you please include Bob and his family in your prayers. We know, also note that the meditation and the prayers from this service were written by Catherine Ann Dixon. And we thank Catherine Ann for permission to share these with you during the service. The offering plates will continue to be available at the entrances. Please check the bulletin for other ways to give or contact the church office if you require assistance. To assist you with the activities during Lent, a new newsletter has been prepared and is available either electronically or um, it's in print at each of the entrances. For all other information on the life and work of Trinity, a copy of the bulletin can be found on Trinity's website, trinitysummerside.ca, or available by contacting the church office. We acknowledge that the land upon which we gather is unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Epiquit, Prince Edward Island, is covered by the historic treaties of peace and friendship. We pay our respects to the indigenous Mi'kmaq people who have occupied this island for over 12,000 years, past, present, and future. Let us prepare ourselves for worship.
As we take our Lenten journey, we light this candle as a symbol of the light of Christ, which shines in each of us, no matter where we are on our journey. share in the call to worship. The Lord is our shepherd. Jesus restores our souls. When we are faced with great danger, we fear not. Let us worship God who is always with us.
and join me in the gathering prayer. Creator God, you are the source of life. Your wisdom revealed in Holy Scripture challenges us to act with compassion, justice, and humility. During this time of worship, renew us. Bless us with your presence as we offer you our love and loyalty. May the light of Christ open our eyes and free us from the fear that blinds us. Remembering the words of Jesus, we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory, forever and ever. Amen. For the time for all ages today, what I'm going to do is have Maddie come up and read the story um, from the Spark Bible. And when Maddie is done, um, we'll ask the uh, youth to go to the junior church um, during the hymn that we will be singing. of Siloam. Jesus met a blind man on the road. He told the blind man, I'm Jesus. Some people call me the light of the world. I'll bring light to you for the first time by helping you see. No, Jesus, other people said. This man must have done something wrong or he wouldn't be blind. But Jesus knew the people were wrong. Jesus knew just what to do to heal the blind man. First, he took some dirt from the ground and added some of his own spit. He mixed it until he made mud. Finally, he pressed the mud over the blind man's eyes. Jesus told the man to go and wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. Splash, splash, the blind man washed the mud off his eyes. The very first thing the man saw was water. The second thing he saw was his face in the water. The blind man remembered Jesus' words, I'll give you light. Many people were shocked by what Jesus did. Some people were mad because Jesus could do what they could not do. So they asked the man who used to be blind many questions. How can you see? They asked him. Jesus made me see, he said. That's not true, they replied. Yes, it is. Jesus is a holy man, he said. Really? Really. Jesus could heal you too. Some people were afraid that Jesus could heal people. They closed their eyes and didn't want to see any more about Jesus. Go away, they said to the man who could now see. He went away. Jesus heard what happened and went to find the man. When Jesus found him, Jesus didn't tell the man to go away. Jesus stayed with him. The man believed Jesus was the light of the world.
Our scripture this morning is taken from 1 Samuel 16, 1 to 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the man whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peacefully? He said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked at Elab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. The word of the Lord. Amen.
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our lectionary provides Christian denominations all over the world with the same weekly scripture readings. So, regardless of our denominational differences, our lectionary provides a unifying thread that ties us together with God's wider church. That thread is the word of God. Clergy don't have to follow the lectionary. There's no lectionary police sent out to chase you down if you choose alternative scriptures. However, it's rare that many clergy veer off the lectionary path. The main reason being that it is satisfying and unifying. Through shared scriptures, each community of faith is united with the entire membership of the wider church, Christ's church. Each week, Christians can look up the listed lectionary readings in their Bibles. And if you're in Trinity, you can go Friday mornings and do Zoom the lectionary with Reverend Rachel. And then on Sunday morning, can come to worship and share both their questions and their insights. For God and God's word is alive, and God is moving in us in all our lives in unique ways, as we are all unique people. It's important that we share that message. That's how we grow in our understanding and experience of the wideness and diversity of God. That's how we grow in our understanding and experience of one another. Left with just our own thoughts and experience of God. Of what God is or of what God isn't, we kind of end up putting God in a box. The same dimensions of our mind, don't we? However, coming together and sharing our thoughts and experiences of God creates an environment where something larger, something more expansive can happen. Like it says in our scriptures, when two or more are gathered, we make space for Christ to move among us. Imagine I have a box. It's Sunday, and I see Mrs. Zed and I say, Hey, Miss Z, I read the scriptures for this week, and I've been reflecting on them. And this is how I believe God is speaking to me this week. Now, what do you think that Miss Z is going to do next? Because we are an island, and we are islanders, we tend to be a curious bunch. So I bet they'll open up that box and look and see what God is moving in my life. And because she's called by Jesus to love God and her neighbor, Miss Z will handle the contents of this box with reverence. She might even say something like, thank you, Nancy, for sharing how God is moving in your life and how you have experienced God influencing your thoughts, ideas, and actions, and how you've been inspired to live a little differently this week. Then she'll do something vital for the ongoing development of faith formation and spiritual growth of any community of faith. She'll risk sharing. She'll hand me her box. It's my turn to be curious about God and how he is revealing himself through her. 
It may be my turn to handle my sister in Christ's experience of God with reverence. It may well be my turn to open myself to her understanding of God, to make space for it, allow it to merge, affect, and expand my own understanding. When we do this together, we are in effect loosening God from the confines of our limited understanding. We let God out of the box, so to speak. And as a community, we show respect for the freedom of God. Reading the word of God is meant to be a responsive communal practice, and it's essential for our growth. So, the first reason for why we rarely veer off the lectionary path is because it unites us and assists us in growing together. Another important reason that many Christians use a lectionary is that it takes us places we wouldn't necessarily volunteer to go. Some scripture passages are challenging. I'm sure that over the years you've read scripture that you found challenging, perhaps even confusing. The expression, going where angels might fear to tread, can come to mind as we wonder. Why even go there? Scripture that prompts us to ask questions. When we struggle with a passage, we remember the wise words of Reverend Bob Lockhart, who asserts that one of the strengths of the Bible is its fullness. He says that it's testimony to the fact that our God knows everything about us. There is nothing that humankind can dish out that already hasn't been dished out and recorded in the Bible. Our good, our bad, our beautiful, and our ugly. And more importantly, what's also recorded in God's response to it. God's guidance on how to move away from self-absorbed and self-centered living and instead move forward as a caring people with hearts turned back toward God and reflected back toward each other. So the second reason that it's good to remain close to the lectionary path is because it doesn't allow us to remain solely within the scriptures that comfort and console us. It also takes us to scriptures that challenge and convict, to scriptures that remind us as wonderful as we are, we still have work to do to scriptures that strengthen and expand the capabilities of our hearts, minds, and spirits, that strengthen and expand our capability to turn away from our own willfulness and turn our hearts instead toward God's will. Our Bibles, cover to cover, reveal God's constancy, God's faithfulness, God's desire to create with us ways to right our wrongs, be reconciled, and live into God's grace. Not just receive God's grace, but live into it with gratitude and with generosity so that we can share the graciousness of God with one another. Jesus was asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The main message of the scripture, love, 
in times of abundance, in times of scarcity, love. And love isn't always an easy choice to make. That's why we're not meant to do it alone. We never were. In our creation story, after each of God's acts of creating, light, sky, land, nature, we read, and God saw that it was good. The only time, and this is important, the only time God said it wasn't good is when he sees his human being alone. So, God takes a bit of life from the man and with it creates an equal person to be with them. God desires us to be in community. When we read the scriptures, we're not meant to go there alone. We go in the company of God, of the great cloud of witnesses, of the wider church, and of one another. As a people, we enter the Bible, which by nature of its design is a book of books. It's a communal place transcribed through the lawgivers, prophets, priests, mystics, palmists, kings, shepherd boys, and girls and disciples, all followers of Jesus. Our Bible is a communal compilation of the inspired writings of many. All those who came before us with their boxes of thoughts and experiences unite both within these pages and in this generation and all generations to come. And with all these boxes opened, God continues to freely move among us, guiding us forward in life, in death, in life beyond death. This is where we say we belong, right here in God's story, in the alive word of God. So on our Lenten journey, may we read, may we reflect, may we listen for how God is speaking to us. May we help one another open all our boxes and grow in faith together. Now we don't like to assume, so there's, if there's any of you who don't have a Bible, let us know, we'll get you one. It's that important. All glory is God's. Amen.
Thank you to the bells. And I, I know you think it looks easy. It's just this. But let me tell you, it's a whole lot more. So thank you very much. Weekly in the press, we hear about the continued need for food, shelter, and essentials of life. Here at Trinity, we believe outreach is one of our pillars, that giving a helping hand and hope for a brighter future. One of our outreach programs is the Food Box program, started by a Sunday school class of youth, junior and senior teens, 13 to 18 whose leaders had great insight and saw a way for the youth to feel a part of the Trinity family. As their requests grew, so did the response by Trinity. And as of March, approximately 40 food boxes have been given out this year. To donate to this outreach, it is as simple as one item on the list as you enter the church. The list of items is provided in the bulletin on Trinity's website and above the donation receptacles at each entrance. For all those that contribute, we thank you and God bless. Here at Trinity, we are a blessed family. We have people with great time, talent, and coin which they share with us. So let us pray. For the gifts we receive, we thank you. For the time, talent, and coin given for your work, we also thank you. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God and for God's world. Searching God, 
you are indeed the God who finds us, ensuring that we are never alone. God of all directions, we ask you to guide your people and church on this Lenten journey. You, Lord, are our shepherd. You lead us in paths of righteousness. God of amazing love, open our hearts and minds to your loving example that the actions of our hands and the gifts our feet tread upon might all proclaim the love Jesus calls us to embody. You, Lord, are our shepherd. You lead us in paths of righteousness. Searching God, God of amazing grace, as members in Christ's church, may we help and encourage one another. May we unite together with your word. May we encourage one another. May we carry your peace and comfort into every place where we witness struggle and the ache of loneliness. You, Lord, are our shepherd. You lead us in paths of righteousness. God of justice and healing, we pray for those in war-torn countries and for countries dealing with natural disasters. May those who are grieving loss of safety and are left bereft of family and home find compassion and the help they need to rebuild their lives, families, and communities. Especially we pray for all situations and people we are carrying in our hearts today in the moment of silence of our hearts, we lift them up to you now. O oh God, we turn toward you in hope. You, Lord, are our shepherd. You lead us in paths of righteousness. Amen.
Before I commission you, I ask that you all keep um, Reverend Bob and his family in your prayers. Um, we thank Catherine Ann for her contribution to this service, to our dingling bell ringers, and to our choir. We thank you all, as well as all those other volunteers that are behind the scenes that really make these services happen. As we leave this service, fill our hearts with hope, a prayer for peace, and lead us with love to follow the teachings of God the Creator, Jesus the Teacher, and the Holy Spirit, our light and guide. <laughs>